And this is a very special show. It's a show remembering two very special people, a former New York Dow and a guy that was a great producer that just started killing people. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about uh, Sylvain Sylvain and uh, the, the legendary Phil Spector. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a sad, it's a sad day. Say a couple of days with the two of them. Uh, 2021 is turning out to be just as shitty as 2020 so far, right? Um, yeah, but you know, it was when David Bowie died that year. Oh yeah, that was we lost Lemmy Bowie back to back. That was that was yeah. crazy. That was crazy. But that was uh, you know, Sylvain Sylvain was the guitarist to the New York Dolls, um, and uh, you know, sadly he passed away from cancer a few days ago. Big loss to the New York uh, rock scene. He was around for almost 50 years. Um, a nice guy. Yeah. I, I met him a couple of times over the years, had a couple of conversations with him, was always friendly. You know, didn't, you know, didn't seem to talk like that. I ran him. into him too a few times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he was around. He was around. Uh, and he was a character. Yeah. He was always like, Yeah, he, yeah. he was a character. He was a funny guy. And uh, I used to hang out a lot with the Waldos. Uh, sadly, we lost Walter Law over the summer. Uh, but I used to hang out with the Waldos a little bit way back, like 25, 30 years ago. And he he would sometimes just pop up, you know, on stage and be at shows and things like that with them. So it was always cool. But he had cancer. Uh, I, I thought he was going to beat it. Uh, I was hearing it for the last year or two that he was sick. But seemed like he was going to beat it. Um, and sadly, he didn't. Uh, give a little history of the guy, because right? he has an interesting upbringing. Uh, he was born in Cairo, in Egypt. Okay. And uh, I always find that amazing. Yeah, Valentine's Day 1951 was his birthday. And uh, he was of Jewish descent, which at that time in Egypt was a problem because they were having that Suez Canal crisis. And there was other issues going on, a lot of political yeah. evil. So his family hightailed it out of Egypt. They went to France. And uh, from there, he was there for a while. And then from there, he ended up in New York. He ended up in Buffalo. And then from there, he ended up in Queens. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so he, he had an interesting upbringing. He, he could, when, when he got to America, he could speak every, you know, three languages, but none of them were English. <laughs> but he went uh, to the yeah, right place, Queens. What's that, Rob? He went to the right place, Queens. Yeah, well, he went to Queens. <laughs> and uh, you know, he 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 was interested in rock and roll right away as a kid. Uh, you know, and in Europe growing up in those early years, he had an interesting, you know, tie to it. 
Uh, he would say even in, in France, you know, that uh, they, they knew about rock and roll. So he had like a little bit of a different perspective coming from, from Europe. Um, when he got to, uh, got to Queens, uh, he, he made friends with a lot of people. Um, he connected with eventually, uh, Billy Mercia, who was the original New York Dolls drummer. Um, he connected with Johnny Thunders. They were in a band together around, I want to say 1969 or so called the Pox. And, uh, they played around a little bit. But what Sylvain was into in the beginning was was fashion. He, he had like a clothing line, okay? Yep. Basically, like, it was like fancy sweaters and stuff like that. It, it was a company called Truth and Soul. And uh, there's no doubt that his fashion sense had a lot to do with the, the New York Dolls and the way they looked eventually, okay? Um, also, he, he, you know, was friends with Thunders before the dolls and used to give him all kinds of British clothes, uh, stuff that you couldn't get here. Yes. So Johnny had a whole look kind of based on some of the stuff that Sylvain was, was involved with. Um, and there's, there's a big story. I, I'm, I'm going to get into it one day, but just not today, but he did replace uh, yeah. Rick, Rick Rivets on guitar in the dolls. Okay. Uh, originally the dolls, was not the New York Dolls, it was the Dolls, and it was Rick Rivets, Arthur Kane, the bass player, Johnny Thunders, and Billy Mercia. Uh, there would be some changes, and Sylvain would replace Rick Rivets, and you'd get the lineup that everybody knew. Uh, Billy Mercia would eventually pass away, and they'd get Jerry Nolan, um, but Sylvain cemented himself in the band, and he, he was, uh, in a lot of ways, the soul of the band, okay? Um, I wasn't yeah. old enough to see them in their heyday. I did see them when they came back uh, in the early 2000s. They reformed in around 2004. Um, and I did get to see them uh, two times. Uh, amazing. It was great. Uh, it wasn't the full band, obviously. A couple of guys had passed away by then. It was really just uh, Sylvain, Arthur, and David Johansson. Uh, but Arthur would only yeah. do like one one show and then he would pass away. So really when I got to see them, it was just Sylvain and, and, and David Johansson. Um, but still they were great. Uh, you know, and they ended up putting out three albums around that time. Um, the original two albums from the seventies, uh, New York dolls. And then, uh, in much too soon. That was the second album came out in 74. Um, in the seventies after the band broke up, he uh, had a bit of a solo career. He recorded with the band called The Criminals. Uh, he recorded in the 90s an album called Sleep Baby Doll. Uh, did some great, uh, he had some great lineups that he would play with. He, he played with uh, Glenn Matlock, who we interviewed not too long ago. Uh, yeah, he did. And, uh, I saw that. Yeah, back in 2013, 2014, they were called The Sex Dolls. Mix of The, the Sex, Sex Pistols and, and The New York Dolls. Uh, 2018, uh, it's interesting. He, he went to Tokyo with Sammy Yaffa, who was originally in Hanoi Rocks and did play in the reformed New York Dolls as well. Uh, they did a couple of dates in Tokyo as just the Dolls, which I thought was fascinating. Um, I was good friends with Rick Rivets 
And uh, we were talking about Sylvain going to uh, Japan at that time. And I said, isn't it ironic that he's using the name The Dolls now? You know, when he when when he took his spot in the band, he took it from The Dolls to the New York Dolls, but then now he's going out as The Dolls. It, it was cool. You know, they, they had no they had no bone to pick with each other or anything like that. Um, no matter, we're gonna do a show. We're gonna shit on there because there's some controversy. There's a lot of bullshit and um, dirty uh, fucking uh, underhand shit that go in the rock business. There's gonna there's gonna be a, a right time and place, but now's not the time. Um, the New York Dolls. I mean, you know what? You know, I mean, you growing up in the village and everything, Rob. I mean, you know how influential they are even now, forty five years later. Huge. You know, Just- even now, they're influential now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are. You know, they're still on every jukebox. Okay, and and uh, yeah, so many bands. I mean, bands that that we saw in our twenties, bands like Degeneration and stuff like that. They were all influenced by the Dolls. Uh, Kiss was influenced by the Dolls. Okay. Oh, very um, much. Yeah. You know, uh, the Hanoi Rocks, the whole. Uh, hair metal scene in the 80s, whether they want to admit it or not. Uh, the only band that, that I recall actually... Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses almost totally in Yeah, yeah. And Motley Crue. Motley Crue, too, a little bit. Uh, oh, Nikki definitely Six, Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nikki, Nikki Six has always said he wanted to be Johnny Thunders. You know, in fact, I think he probably started doing heroin because of Johnny Thunders. But, you know... <laughs> You know, not 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 exactly a good reason, but I guess if you're going to do it, why not? But um, you can't deny the influence of the New York Dolls on on the whole rock and roll scene. They're one of those bands that I'll always say we point to as influential. That nothing was the same after. Uh, they didn't sell a whole lot of records, but they you know everybody that listened to them started the band. And just carried that influence along. Uh, they were they were sloppy. They were they were they were they were strange. They were funny. They were they were ahead of their time in a lot of ways. They were of their time in a lot of ways too, because they represented a time in New York that doesn't exist anymore. Okay, where you you know. Nah. You could you could be the, the freakiest thing and 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 still be popular and uh, they had a, 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 a cult following a rabid following in the city. Um, the, you know even when they went out to L.A. when they played the whiskey, I think it was around seventy two seventy three. Uh, they blew everybody's minds over there. You know I'll tell you a funny story. I went to San Francisco. Okay. Uh, about 1990 and I spent the summer out there and that was my that was the height of my Johnny Thunders days okay and I was <laughs> I went down to hate Ashbury in a pair of black skin tight jeans okay a New York doll <laughs> shirt my hair my hair a New York doll shirt my hair was was blue black Revlon blue black down to here okay I had a lot of hair back then and big platform Converse shoes, okay? And walking down Haight-Ashbury, people thought I was like in Motley Crue or something. 
I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, but thank you, you know. But they, I mean, it, it's just that whole look, that whole glam look. They they invented that. Okay, uh, it was going on in England. There was a glam scene in England, but you know, if you looked at Thunders and Sylvain, I mean, his his look, he would put on the makeup big time, you know, and uh, he had a great sense of fashion. His hats that he would wear, and uh, I, I I liked the guy. You know, I never heard a bad thing about him. He was always just a, a nice guy, and it's too bad he's gone. You know. So. You know what? The the guy was the influence. You know the guy. Um, for a guy that came from Egypt and moved to America and became a rock star, even though he, yeah, even though he died at the age of sixty nine, you know, and his birthday's next month. <laughs> I got I got to point out a a weird little weird little thing that I noticed is is he died the same day, but uh, I think about twenty eight years later that Jerry Nolan died, the drummer from the Dolls. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but he wow. died on the same the same day, but about 28 years later. Um also he died right before his, his 70th birthday. And Rick Rivets passed away right before his 70th birthday too. So thought that was kind wow. of an ironic ironic thing. What are you gonna do, man? David Jones Mike, do you know he was do you know yeah, do you know he was living in Nashville? I, I told that was weird that he was living in Nashville. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, I think he moved down there. A lot of guys have relocated down to to that area, either Memphis or Nashville. I know, like Cheetah Chrome moved down there too from Dead Boys. Uh, that you know, I think there's, I I think it's a fairly cheap place to live, you know, considering New York, you know, but but no, but you know. You know what it is? A lot of people move down there because they still play music and they get to play with other people or they're collaborating yeah. or they just hop right. out and play something in the background. They're getting paid to do this work. Right, right. Well, I didn't mean just because it was a cheap place to live. I meant that there's also, you know, Nashville is, yeah. is known for there's a million places to play. So they could probably get a lot of gigs down there and yeah. small clubs and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um he was, you know, and also he was a, a blues guy. A lot of people don't really realize that. He, you know, he he was very into blues music and going down south. I'm sure he he had a lot of lot going on with that too. But like I said, David Johansson's the only one standing now. It's kind of kind of sad. He's the only one left. He was he was in uh, yeah. The last of the Mohican. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, what song did he, because they say they got him uh, listed as a songwriter, and he also played the piano. I didn't even realize he played the piano. Yeah, he could play the piano. Uh, I don't know. He never did it on stage. I don't recall that. Uh, but I, in the studio, I think he was he was pretty, you know, pretty well uh, talented that he could do other, you know, other things than just play guitar. Um, wow. In my recollection, and I, you know, if I'm wrong, somebody pointed out to me. I don't recall the Dolls really splitting up their writing. In yeah. other words, like I don't think they said this is by Sylvain and this is by Thunders and and you know something like that. 
I don't recall that. Uh, I could look on the records and see, but I, I don't recall that. I think they made it a group effort. So okay, you know, yeah. But big loss, big loss. Uh, he wrote a huge loss. He wrote a good book that came out a couple of years ago. It's called "There's No Bones in Ice Cream." <laughs> That's a great title. <laughs> and it's a story about his life and. It's a good read. You don't have to even be a fan of the band. It's 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 a really cool read. He, he just tells it like it was, and uh, it's an interesting story. He talks about his childhood in Europe and and you know leaving Egypt and all that. And and it's just uh, it's a good read. He was an interesting guy. Rest in peace. I I'm fascinated by the Egypt because I didn't even realize he was from Egypt. But you know, I thought yeah, and he was a Jew. You know, the guy was, so, you know it was a and Jewish and, and Jewish on top of it. Yeah, yeah. That's like weird so, to me, Jewish and from Egypt. My God, well, because they threw, they threw them all out eventually. They threw them all out eventually. They used to be Jews then. You know, wow. In the middle, I never, I never realized it. It was crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, but it's you know he lived the American dream. He came here, and he became a a rock star. Who wouldn't want that? And he was a rock star. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Mike, so now we're gonna talk about um Phil Spector. He's been on the show hundreds and hundreds of times. We talk about the gunslinger, yeah, the lunatic. How many times have we mentioned Phil like his antics? And and we've had people on. Lala Brooks came on last month and and was telling yes. the story, uh, you know. And 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 we've done shows on the Ronettes. We've talked about Phil producing uh, George Harrison. Uh, the guy is a legend, and you know, it didn't take long. I think I I when I heard that he died, um. I think you sent it to me, but I was actually just reading it at the same time that you texted me. And literally within minutes of getting off the phone with you, the social media shit started and people started shitting on him. And, you know. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I get it. He did kill somebody. I get it. Okay. And, and, and he, you know, he ripped people off in the business and, and he wasn't always a good guy, you know. Um, but even even Ronnie Spector made comments yesterday, I think on her Twitter uh, and her Instagram, and she just said, like, you know, musical genius, but a lousy husband. Oh, I read something. I saw something. Yeah. And, and it's true. And, yeah. and you know what? But, you know, for the sake of this podcast and, and the future, because we're going to do a show on him soon, maybe in the spring. Um. I can yeah. separate it. I can, I can separate it with the guy. All right. Uh, I'm not giving him, I'm not condoning what he did. I'm not forgiving what he did. He was a tragic figure. You know, we dealt with something like this when it, when we talked about Gary Glitter. All right. Uh, you know, yeah. The, you know, Gary Glitter was a pedophile and, and a rapist. Okay. And he's in jail yeah. right now, but he made some great music. And Phil Spector died in jail. He got, yeah. you know, he killed Lana Clarkson in 2003. Uh, for those who don't recall, she was a B-movie actress. Uh, yeah. they, they were on a date and they went back to his place and 
you know, I mean, he says that she shot herself because she was upset about her life and things. And there was a gun there. He always had guns around. That was going back oh, yeah. for many years. And she, he says she just put the gun and, and killed herself, put the gun to her head and killed herself. Meanwhile, the, the forensics showed the gunpowder all over him, which is what happens when you shoot somebody. Okay. Yeah. The gun, the gun flash gets on you, get gunpowder on you. That's how they know you did it. Okay. And he didn't help himself because I think he, he, uh, I, th I forget because I know he was tried twice. Uh, the first case ended up in a mistrial, but I think in both times, I think he represented himself or he did at least once, uh, which is crazy. All right. And, you know, he didn't help himself wearing those crazy wigs and, you know, not making sense and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, it, It's interesting because when he went to jail, he actually started to get treated for bipolar. So he obviously had issues. Okay, his whole life, I, I would think. Um, but in the studio, he was a genius, and that's that's what we're going to talk about here for a few minutes. Um, his real name was was Harvey Philip Specter, and he was born December yep. 26, nineteen thirty nine, up in the Bronx. Um, he, you know, he was very into music at an early age. He started in a band called the Teddy Bears. And they had that song, To Know Him Is To Love Him, in 1958. Uh, I guess he was about 19 in 1958. Um, yeah. You know, that was, that was a hit, but that didn't go far, and he realized he wanted to be a producer. And, you know, by the time he was 25, he was a, a millionaire. All right, because he, he had started yeah. as the youngest. <laughs> he was one of the youngest. He was, I think he was the youngest record label executive. Okay. Uh, yeah. He thought he started a company called Phyllis, uh, Phyllis label. Okay. Uh, with Lester Sills. Yeah. Okay. So it was Phil and Lester. Phyllis. Yeah, Phyllis Records. Right. Right. He started yeah. that and started producing people. Um, the Crystals were an early band that he produced. Uh, we had Lala Brooks on last month. She talked about all that. That was a great show. Um, when she he was, was great. When, you know, he he discovered the Ronettes, okay, and uh, when he found them, his life was changed because he fell in love with Ronnie, and you know, yeah, he 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 threw everything into into that career. Now you know, uh, they ended up marrying, and and if you want to read her book, Be My Baby, uh, it's a great read. Uh, she she tells everything what it was like living with him his, his craziness he kept her prisoner and all that stuff um, but you know the music he made okay uh, River Deep and Mountain High with Tina Turner amazing song uh, all the Ronettes yeah he really liked her voice yeah he loved yeah, her voice yeah he did he he was one of the first major people to really recognize her as a, as a talent. Uh, Tina Turner was 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 playing around for years, but really more on like an R and B circuit type of thing. Yeah, and and he he tried to bring her out into the mainstream. It should have been a bigger hit. I think it only charted like number sixty or sixty five or something. It didn't it didn't go top forty, but it's a great song. 
he he produced the Righteous Brothers. Um, he produced Beatles, Let It Be, George Harrison, All Things Must Pass. Uh, Great album. Great album. John Lennon. John Lennon's Imagine. I mean, we all know the Instant Karma was produced. That song, uh, the Plastic Ono Band, with John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band. Uh, he produced Dion. Uh, he produced John Lennon solo, uh, Lennon Cohen. He produced uh, the Ramones, end of the century. Okay, uh, you know, a very different Ramones album. There's a lot of mixed feelings even today about it. I I, I happen to love it. Didn't always love it. I admit that. It was always for a lot of, long time. It was one of my least favorite Ramones albums. But it grew on me over the years, and it's just something that I... That I, was I a was, great Ramon album. What are you talking about? That was fantastic. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I got to admit, in my early my early years as a Ramones fan, it was not my favorite Ramones album, but it became one of my favorites, and it, it holds up. It's still their best-selling album. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Mike, let me uh, ask you a question. Yeah. Anybody that's a who-hoo, anybody that's a who-who's in music, pretty much went to Phil when they were a little struggling and they wanted to get a hit album and re general like bring back the career and he will help them. He will say, I'll work with you and I will people that separated for bad. He was a guy that helped a lot of people in the music industry because he was a genius, but he knew how to produce a fucking album. You know, he and he came at an interesting time because his heyday with all the girl groups and stuff and the, and the, and the singles was between like 60 and 63, right before the Beatles yeah. in between Elvis, in, in between Elvis and the Beatles. And he kind of, <laughs> you know, he, 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 yeah. I mean, he, he fit in that notch very well. Okay. And those songs are timeless. You hear them in movies, you hear them in commercials, oh, yeah. but you hear them on the radio. I mean, the Phil Spector, Christmas album, you hear like every song on that every Christmas. All right, it's, you know, one of the Fantastic greatest. Fantastic album. Albums. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and what you said is true, though. Like, um, when the Ramones connected with Phil, um, originally he wanted to produce Rocket to Russia, which came out in 77. Uh, I think he approached them or had someone reach out, but they weren't interested in any outside producing at that point. But by 79, Rocket to Russia didn't, wasn't a huge hit. Road to Ruin in 78 wasn't a huge hit. Sire Records were like, why don't you try a, a big name producer? And Phil was thrown out there. The name was thrown out there. And they weren't sure. So when they were making the Rock and Roll High School movie in 79, they said, do one of the like songs on movie. <laughs> Yeah. It's great. Uh, do can you produce one song for the soundtrack? And and uh, and he did. I want you around. Okay, and uh, yeah, great song. And you know that was kind of like a test. And then I think Joey, in the original meeting, Joey spoke to him alone and said, you know, well. We, we, we want to get an outside producer because Sire Records wants us to have a hit. We think you could do it. Um, you know, and, and Phil said, well, if you want a big name outside producer, 
get one. But if you want a Phil Spector record, then you could be with me. You know, yeah. something like that. And and that's what it was. Like you, you know, when you when Phil wasn't gonna Phil, Phil was gonna give you his style, and that's it. Now some people, you know, that wall of sound that he was yeah. known for. Okay, I mean it, it. It's amazing because he did everything everything in excess. You know, if a song called for a bass player, he'd have three. If a song <laughs> called for a guitarist, he'd have four. If a song called for a, a timpani player, he'd have two. Okay, you know those big drums. All right, everything was just big, and he and and it's amazing. You watch these. I've read about him. Uh, this. This book here called Wall of Pain, okay, by uh, Dave Thompson. Very good book um, about his life and career. And it ends, like, right around the time when he when he killed Lana Clarkson. Um, wow. It talks about how, you know, he would keep the needle in the red. And people didn't understand, when in a, in a, as a producer, how you could do that. But he had just such an understanding in the studio how to – capture a sound he could hear things in, in, in a performance that nobody else could hear and he might accent that and people be like wow i never heard that you know um just a chord change or something simple he would notice and accent it and that would make the song and uh really uh, you know i don't think there's been anybody like him uh before or after you know, I, I just got a lot of respect for him. I always liked the the bands that he produced uh, and the music that oh, he, was great, know, and, great. And, and in those early early years. He was writing songs too. It wasn't just producing. Like those early songs for the Ronettes and the Crystals, he was involved in the songwriting too. So, I mean, he's a genius. I can't say anything anything else. Just a genius, a madman, but a fucking genius. He was he was definitely a genius. You know what the thing was about him? Like even um that album that he did with George Harrison, to me that's one of the best albums George Harrison did. I love that fucking album. Oh, uh, it's not just the best album he did, it's the best album any Beatle did after the Beatles. I think. Yeah. I think Harrison. it's the best Beatles solo album. And that that album just turned Another thing, you know what? Out. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, anybody that works with him, you know what? It was a learning experience. The guy would take you and he would do stuff. He would make sound that you would never think people could do, but he was ahead of his time. The guy was a great producer, but a fucked yeah. up human being. It's like anybody else. You know, we all put our pants one leg at a time. I, I, we fuck the, up. The impression I get is that he had some kind of mental imbalance his whole life that just was never treated. Uh, I'm not making excuses. Uh, he did what he did, and he did his time. Uh, he would have been eligible for parole in 2024. He would have had it because he got 15 to life. Yeah, and he, and he would have done his 15 years, but he didn't make it. COVID is what got him, from what I'm hearing. Yeah, you know? that's what they're saying. I, I find that weird. You know that that that's what took him out. You know. Well, he, yeah, and he he well. Because he was in, in jail. It's in prison. I get mixed in with people. I don't think he was solitary or anything like that. You know, I think he was mixed in. 
You, you know what I really think? I think he just went home, got lumped up, and shot her. It was like, fuck it. Stop talking. Stop making him back. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's crazy. Um, did you ever see the Al Pacino movie, the HBO movie? Uh, you know what? I thought that movie because Al Pacino looked ridiculous. With that. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was, it was terrible. Absolutely horrible. The only thing that made it worth it was watching him with the wigs on his head. That was... <laughs> <laughs> It talked about the murder and the trials and all that. And you could, you got the sense a little bit about how crazy and paranoid he was, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, he was definitely fucked up. Yeah. I mean, he, he used to walk around with bodyguards all the time. Uh, I think after a while, probably, I think he did that even into his old age. So I don't even know why. Nobody probably knew who he was anymore, you know. But it's sad, you know. He had a tra- he had a, you know, as much as he was a success and well respected, uh, he was also known as a, a a real difficult person. And then you know yeah. you you would hear about the violence behind the scenes, you know, because back in the '60s that stuff wasn't going to come out. You know, especially about oh, no. celebrities. You know, there was no internet. There was no press like that. You know, it wasn't going to come out. I remember when I read Be My Baby, I think Ronnie Spector wrote that oh, 30 years ago, easily. Okay. Even that was kind of shocking 30 years ago. I was like, wow, he was a real son of a bitch. Wow. You know, he'd lock her, yeah. he'd lock her, in, her in the house. He wouldn't let her out. She had to just... <laughs> I just stay in the house. You know, she eventually ran out, you know, in her bare feet. I think or half naked to get away from him. You know, and then she divorced him. <laughs> you know. He almost what? killed the Ramones. He almost killed one of the Ramones. Yeah, I mean, he pulled guns on them. Wouldn't let him leave. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Unreal. I want to show another another cool thing here. Um, and again, this wall of pain is a really good bio on Phil. Um, but I guess about thirty years ago now, it's nineteen ninety one. This came out. Phil Spector, back to mono, four CD set. Okay, and it's wow. it's actually it's 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 three CDs of of all the hit singles. From uh, 1958 through 1969, three, C- three CDs that look like this. And then uh, the fourth wow. CD is the Christmas album. And back in 91. That's a great album. Yeah. Back in 91, it was hard to find this. So it was kind of like a cool throw in when this came out. And uh, it came with a little back to mono button. Okay, back to mono. So I think you could still get this. It's got a cool book. Um, if you can see it, it's like all the, the, the lyrics. To the yeah, song. I can see it. You know, there's Lala. Can you see it? Yeah, Lala Brooks. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, 
cool stuff. I gotta tell you, uh, Gino told us, Gino said that was a great interview we did with her. He thought that was an yeah. excellent interview we did with yeah, her. Yeah, he told me, he told me too, and I was, I was surprised that he was a fan. I was glad he was a fan. I just never expected it. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was great. I hope we can have her on again, one other time. Yeah, she was fantastic. Great guest. Yeah, yeah. So I think in the you know we're we, we booked with rock shows till the end of April, but I think in 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 May or June we'll do a full show on Phil. Uh, I think he deserves yeah. that much. You yeah, know, he deserves uh, that much. Yeah, and, and and we'll talk about everything, and you know we're not going to sugarcoat it. You know he was a son of a bitch, and we'll talk about that too. <laughs> well, why not? Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. So, uh, what do we got? All right, Mike. How, oh, I think we have. Um, I think this week we got the Bold Diddley. Uh, we're filming. We're doing Bold Diddley, right? We did. Uh, yeah, right. We did. Uh, yeah. What's we did. the next? What's the next rock show going to be out there? Uh, so the next one we just did the Iron Maiden. If you really want to hear three guys geek out about Iron Maiden, yeah. listen to that. Yeah, we went crazy. And then that. um, that yeah. The the next uh the next one is a uh, interesting one. We got um, we got uh, uh love it. It's live. Five of the best live album oh, that yeah. rules. Right. Five great live albums. That was a good show that we recorded there. You guys will hear that on Sunday. And then we're going to go into Black History Month with um, Sun House, Robert Sun Jones, House, Alan Wolf, Alan Wolf, and Bo Diddley at the end of February. So Bo that's Diddy, a yeah. good month. But uh, yeah, rock shows are all booked up through the end of April. But I, you know, we, we should get fill in uh, in May or June. And you know, we got so many people to cover. It's going to be a good year. Yeah, so yeah, we definitely could get him May or June. We could probably sleep it. You know what we should do May or June? Do some of the best producers, maybe a whole month of people that produce and made a change in the music industry. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. So where can we? You find know, we you, we could do one or two. Where can so we you can find me anywhere that. Well, you can find me anywhere that's getting lumped up in Instagram, Facebook. Uh, YouTube and people, I gotta thank you. The YouTube channel has 734 subscribers right now. Our Ooh. videos are doing very good, and um, thank you for um, you know what's uh, supporting us. We're we're almost to our goal of a thousand freaking um viewers, and we'll be going on uh, YouTube Live instead of Facebook because YouTube we can actually get a lot more viewers, a lot more people, and they'll be out there. And then we can see how many people are watching the show. So that's a huge step for yeah. us. We're, 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 we're about 260 people away from uh, YouTube Live. So if you guys are out there, um, hit the subscribe button, YouTube Live. You can get the rock. The YouTube Live got every single show we do. I, I, I put shows a few weeks later, a little later, so the podcast can get some numbers. But we've done so many um, interviews, like the Rocker, uh, Rocker, um, Rocker Mike and Robert Sand, the Freak Show, the Conspiracy, the Conspiracy um, Four Twenty. You know what's funny? Our Conspiracy Show is the only show that hasn't been taken down from YouTube. <laughs> you know, I, I I've been thinking about that with all the censorship going on and and the topics we've covered. Uh, I we dodged a bullet so far. I don't I don't know. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm you on know Instagram. 
on the Rocker Mike 212. Um, also Facebook under Michael Baker. Also the Rock Show podcast group page on Facebook. Check that out. Uh, I was on Parlor. Parlor was taken down. Um, I'm on MeWe under Rocker Mike. And I just started a Clout Hub account um, posting on that under Rocker Mike as well. I kind of like Clout Hub. Uh, I don't have many followers yet. So if anybody has a Cloud Hub account, look me up and friend me. Uh, but uh, I kind of like it. Have, have, have you checked? You're not on it yet, right? Cloud Hub. No, I haven't. You know what? I, I, between Twitter, YouTube, and uh, I got too much on Instagram. I put a lot of stuff up that I, you do like in Facebook. Um, but what I was going to tell you, you know what? The uh, conspiracy show never really got taken down because we really don't talk conspiracy. We either defunct conspiracy or it's two guys having a conversation about what the fuck. We're not shitting yeah. them, right? It's just our grievance. Right, right. It's not like other shows, you know, other conspiracy shows. So, well, let's hope uh, everybody stays up. Everybody should have a voice. That's the way I see it. Yeah. Yep. You know. So, Mike, thank you for uh, putting this show together. This is a special show. I'll probably have it up by hopefully either Wednesday or Thursday. But this is a special episode of The Rock Show that we put in the last minute. Hopefully people will enjoy it. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on the Rock and Mike and Rob, the, the Rock Show, um, Rock and Mike okay. uh, presents or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, the <laughs> Rockville Podcast Group page. <laughs> yeah, if I was, I'm, 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 I'm tough. I was working all day. <laughs> you were working all day. It's all right. It's all right. All right, Mike. Thank you for a great show, and uh, we'll I'll see you Sunday, and um, I'll send you some email and um, send me something about that um cloud hub so I can look at it. Okay. All right, and don't forget, everybody. Have... Don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Get lumped, Get lumped up. up. All right. Take care, people. See you next week. The only podcast you will hear that will be music to your ears. You'll learn about bands. It's only here on The Rock Show